0: This week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minnichi.
1: Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, it's that time of year again. Where, Which time's that? Uh, when in the cold November rain hits Ohio, just as Axel Rose predicted. And uh, we take time out from our regular reviews and, and chats and what have you to give thanks. When we give That's thanks, though, it's not about turkey; it's about music. Of course, logically, we, we're not a we're not a food show. So, like we've done, we started this during the pandemic because it was nice to get everybody together on a on a Zoom call when Zoom was new, this new thing everybody was using back <laughs> in twenty twenty, <laughs> and we we dumped Skype and got Zoom, uh, and we talk about all the things we're thankful for as far as music. Uh, for the year, uh, preferably, uh, you know, new music. If you, we're pretty loose. I mean, we're giving thanks. You know, there's there might be something that is not necessarily new, but you discovered it this year. Cool. I have one example of that that I will be sharing during uh, the show. It's very simple, though. We're gonna just go around the uh, virtual table and just talk about things that we're thankful for. Music that's relevant to the podcast could be tv shows or or documentaries it could be books it could be podcasts it could be anything that's uh that's in the pop culture uh ethos ethos that's not the right word uh the pop culture uh whatever whatever's out there Z- zeitgeist zeitgeist that's the word i was looking for <laughs> thank you <sighs> i'm going to start with the man who joined us first this evening he was he, i hopped on and he was right there Ian McIver joining us from Canada, joining us from Ontario. Are You're Ontario now, right?
2: Ontario still, yes.
1: Yes. Um, Hello there. Hello. You've been here uh, many times. You've shared with us, including this year when we did our Depeche Mode roundtable. You've got the Depeche Mode backdrop, Zoom backdrop. I'm going to take a shot in the dark (laughs) and say that Depeche Mode might be on your list. Oh, I can guarantee it. What have you got? What are you thankful for this year, Ian? Well,
2: uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's no secret that The Passion was my favorite band. Uh, But um, taking it to a higher level, I'm sure my other uh, fellow uh, union members here, the audience, everyone will will agree. I mean, whenever your favorite artist, comes back especially from a tragedy i mean they they lost a member last year with andy fletcher passing away uh rather suddenly when band comes back and continues to release new music and put on a a phenomenal tour i mean it's still going on but the shows have been great uh and very well received um online and various social medias i I mean you can't you can't help but be thankful i mean Obviously, in the case of, of, of Depeche, I mean, there's all this speculation is this going to be the last one given the title of the album, Momentum More, and, and um, the age of the members, and not to mention the recent passing as well uh, of Fletch. But um, I mean, but if it is, they're going out on a high note. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, everyone has their favorites, and whenever They come out with a new album or tour or whatever. Everyone's just there. It's like, yes, I
1: want more of this and uh, continue to celebrate. And they just played Cleveland. uh, Yeah, last Friday. Last Friday. And a bunch of people that I know went and were sharing pictures and whatnot. And actually, our friend Keith, uh, Jay, uh, he he said it was a phenomenal show. And he was like, David Gahan was made for that for the big stage. Like he just commands. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the big stage. Yeah, and, he's definitely
2: uh, one of the best best frontmen out there. I I mean like I I mean he 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 definitely went to the the Mick Jagger uh,
1: school of frontmen. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to know what that what the fees are to get in that school.
2: I don't know. Is they he... had a Simpson's episode about it. So <laughs> <laughs> to use another does He hold, hold his
0: arms in. Does he hold his arms in like the chicken? wings
1: no
2: <laughs> yeah
1: that's Not a anything. thing because scott wyland used to do that too <laughs> right
0: that's the that's part of the mick jagger school
1: that uh, is
0: you learn that in the second week
1: <laughs> first week is the strut <laughs> second week is chicken right. arms <laughs> uh wasted What else is on your list um unfortunately
2: because of of the peche vote i i didn't get to to listen too much they've been a very focal point of uh this year um but there were other stuff that came up um led into gold uh paul barker uh formerly of ministry he put out a, a new album under that project and is uh currently opening for for skinny puppy on their final tour so uh, I've gone to uh th- those shows uh twice uh once in Toronto in the spring and then Pittsburgh last week um and uh it- it's just amazing what what he does um uh, he um it- it's definitely nice when uh people continue to build on Their legacy i mean he obviously has a a huge part of of ministry uh with al Al Jorgensen, but uh even as a solo artist and um and and it's also nice just to hear people not trying to copycat what trent Reznor did 30 years ago and that uh, i mean it's thankfully it's very much died down in in the genre but uh yeah it's definitely interesting and the album uh, it, it translated great live and uh, I know uh, some people are were a bit apathetic to it. I know last week uh, when they when they first opened in Dallas uh, they said oh someone said oh the opening band sucked and the the touring musician paused with them uh, Josh is like, yeah thanks we've been trying to get kicked off this tour for months now
3: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so uh, great great sense of humor but uh, yeah that that was one uh another one that that came up um obviously i went through uh, uh off of your recommendation to mobile homes i did listen to that unfortunately i was a bit busy and didn't get the review in on time but uh what, what you shared in the review pretty much mirrored my <laughs> thoughts as well so uh um but that that was a definitely an interesting interesting record um and then uh those were two that that came to mind. Some others just came up just because of happening to come up and through recommendations, and it's just bands that I knew. So Pig had a new C- CD come out, which was more of a, a remixing and a re-recording of um, of Candy, which was released a few uh, years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, some people may know it best because it had the, the, he promoted it with a single. Uh, with the cover of uh, that's the way I like it done with um, adult entertainer, Sasha gray. So, uh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, 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 she's done music as well. So it's true. Yes. uh, So not that um, I know about her career at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so he, he had, I enjoyed that and, and um, so that, that, that was one and then just other groups that, that have come up. Great. But, uh, and then there's some others which uh, go into another category for a question that you'll be asking later. <laughs> um, what do I be asking later? Which albums did you not like Uh-oh. or
1: did not meet expectations <laughs> for the year? Chip, what's what was on your thankful plate this year? No. Hopefully he's
0: going to talk about that Miss Pac-Man behind him.
1: Yeah, he's got a mixed Pac-Man machine behind him and uh mm-hmm. that would be a topic of discussion on any podcast including especially ours if it's, especially if it's working cuz it looks like the screen's off is it one of those like miniature ones that uh i think it might be i don't know if it's a full size machine oh, but it, uh or it it maybe rather, it, is. it, might it be looks depth the field is throwing me off
3: yeah can you hear me now now we can there hear we you go yeah I'm not thankful for the cable from my microphone to my computer because it uh, <laughs> oftentimes cuts out uh, the Miss Pac-Man machine you see behind me I got got off QVC actually. it's a kind of a um, it's a kind of a half machine um, about that you know listeners can't see about that thick. Um, it could be mounted on a wall should you choose to do so and it's got a bunch of games it's got Miss Pac-Man Galaga Dig Dug and then a bunch of variations of Dig Pac-Man dug. there's Pac-Man plus it was a co- early covid sitting in my basement purchase to keep me busy <laughs> and i'll say I that see. um i have not put enough fake quarters in to make it worth what i paid for it but um it's a good <laughs> it's a good piece to have to show in the background when I do interviews and stuff.
1: So we know that Chip was watching QVC during COVID. <laughs> uh,
3: I was actually I was watching eBay for full size Pac Man and Miss Pac Man machines and realizing uh, way too expensive I oh, didn't yeah. have the room for them. And so right. I I came across this company. Um, I think they're called One Up Arcade that makes yeah. uh, three quarters size machines and also these kind of tabletop ones. And um, yeah. All right. Gaming right, so aside, thank, so thankful. <laughs> um, I'll get to records later. The things that I'm most thankful for this year, there's a couple things. The first is for publicists. Um, you know, <laughs> yes. the, the, the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of interviews, really kind of picked back up and kind of gone not overboard, but have just been able to talk to everybody I've wanted to talk to and have just been doing more and more each year. By the time this year is done, I will, I think I'll hit 80 interviews. Wow. And I've been able to knock off two bucket list artists and then a third artist that I didn't realize was on a bucket list. But after I talked to that person, you know, I, I was like, it's pretty amazing. Um, I talked to Andy Summers of The Police. Oh, wow. to Chris Dowd of Fishbone. And the one that I didn't really realize, it was sort of like, I'll never be able to talk to John Oates from Holland Oates, but I talked to John Oates. Uh, you know, by the time this episode airs, I'll, I have two more lined up before the end of the year. I think I'm going to be interviewing the lead singer from madness. And uh, I just got an email the other day that um, Stuart Copeland from the police will be a guest in my cool. zoom call in late December.
1: Two thirds of the of police.
3: police. I mean, at, at that point, Sting can't say no, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs>
3: uh, so, so I'm, I'm very thankful for publicist and The other thing I'll throw into is that I'm very thankful that um, there is room on bandwagons for two bands that that I have always sort of listened to and enjoyed, but really never, I've never seen live, never bought records. You know, they're bands that you throw on and you're like, this is good. I should come back to them. And then you forget. And then a year later, you're like, oh, this is good. I should buy one of the records. And then you forget and on and on and on. Uh, Band of Horses and The National are two bands that I have just become obsessed Mm -hmm. with this year. Uh, band of horses because i got to interview ben last year the singer and i got to see them live this year and that just you know as soon as that show was done i started looking drivable distance to next show uh, i did not go see another show on that tour but that was the first thing i looked at and then i literally saw the national on monday night of this week in arizona while i was there on vacation or uh, not on vacation <laughs> for work and um you know i've listened to the national before but their live show is just amazing The thing I've realized about both of those bands is that maybe the national more so than Band of Horses, but they they don't they don't follow a standard set list. Uh, they really are doing it for the fans. And I know on this leg, and I don't know I don't know anything about the national other than their music prior to this week. But the thing that I've been learning, at least with this tour, is that they're trying, you know, they've got they've got a lot of artists I talk to, legacy artists, say that they've got those five, six, ten songs that they have to play. And they do the national play those five or 10 songs that they have to play. But this tour, they are, I think they're trying to debut three or four songs, um, per show that like, that are different each night and digging back into their catalog. And again, because I don't go deep on their history, unbeknownst to me, a song that I got to hear them play was only the second time they've ever played it live. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was a pretty special special night. So I'm thankful that the bands have left enough room on the bandwagon for me to hop onto and fully embrace <laughs> those bands.
1: I think bands are always happy to get a few uh people yeah. here and there jumping on the bandwagon. That's not a, yeah. a huge issue. Um
3: I've got other things, but we'll get to them later. But those those are the two biggest things really the um I guess the publicists who have just been just like no nobody has said no.
1: That's awesome. Because yeah, it's I mean no is so easy to say and the fact that you're not getting any is
3: that's and, pretty and great keeping it mm. keeping in mind that you know I, i'm not interviewing the biggest arena headliners sure um, yeah. but but again uh, sending off an email to john oates publicist thinking like that's john oates of hall and oates. there's no way he's going to talk to me and the publicist responding right back and saying yeah he'd love to talk to you mm. uh,
1: never hurts to ask <laughs>
2: Well, I must admit, Chip, I still enjoy the interviews that you provide to dig me out and and that. I know they're not always my scene, but... You do a phenomenal job. So I, I will give credit to yes. you. You put in a lot of excellent hard work.
3: Thank you. And and you know, like I so I will say not that people have said no, but I've got three or four that I've just been chasing down and that for one reason or another I'm still we're going back and forth. So um uh, I feel like the second half of the year has been a little bit slower for the Dig Me Out podcast, but I've got I've got some, like I said, back and forth emails that hopefully we'll be getting some of those soon including one of the bands that's in the current poll so
1: rob zombie perhaps not
3: Rob Zombie.
1: okay he just uh, finished a tour so got two, it
3: two two of the velocity girl members have both responded and said we'd love to talk to you um we just haven't had a chance to to make that happen yet but i'm sure that'll come soon
2: I th- I think that just tainted the poll
1: there. Uh oh. <laughs> I gotta I gotta say, I, I mean this will come out. I guess the poll will still be going because it'll be next next Tuesday. Um I have been a fan of that Ruby album since it came out. Like it hit our it hit with a single at our, um at a radio station in college. And I was like, whoa, this is interesting because it's kind of trip-hop, but it's also kind of heavy and but also melodic, and there's some weird like lyrical choices that I'm digging. And so I have owned that CD basically since it came out. And I have, there's a, every song on that album got remixed. And they ended up putting out a double album of remixes. And I got that on vinyl back before vinyl went crazy. I got it for like two bucks on Discord mm-hmm. and on uh, Discogs. Cause nobody, who wanted a, a, you know, a Ruby remix double album? That was only meant for radio. Like it was not a commercial re- commercially released record. It was just for radio stations to play and radio stations didn't play 12 inch. You know, they mm-hmm. were playing CDs in the nineties. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there weren't like a ton of people that cared about it. So I I would be curious. Um, I've been a fan of Leslie Rankin, who is basically self, uh, who's Ruby um, since that record came out. So if it wins, great. If not, we'll have maybe we'll get in into a an episode in the next year or two. Maybe I'll have to submit it. Am I allowed to submit stuff, Jay? Or am I not? Go
3: for it. You still gotta win.
0: Uh,
1: I, still gotta win. I, I
3: was, you know, again, by the time this comes out, the poll will have probably changed. Um I threw my vote against somebody other than Velocity Girl, knowing that I have a Velocity Girl interview potentially in my back pocket. And Good so, move.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, he's playing he's playing the odds. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it's no secret I obviously went with Massive Attack. I mean, like, sure, Mezzanine is a phenomenal album uh, and that and definitely one that I'll always go back to for them. But, I mean, people are like, there's other albums <laughs> for, for Massive Attack? <laughs> everyone knows the, that one album and uh, it goes back. I mean, you, you've commented on other bands before uh, for reviews. It's like, yeah, everyone knows this one album, but it's like, these are other albums that get overlooked and it's like, yeah, it's a big name band, but you know what? Not everyone knows it. I mean, it's definitely within your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, uh shoot. Why am I blank on the word Our wheelhouse <laughs> Our wheelhouse?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. A- uh, Jay. Yes. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh what do you what do you guys got? got any records that or anything that uh you want to share yeah. this
0: I'm going to touch on a couple that uh came out after the artist had passed, which is always or can be a dodgy proposition. You never know what you're going to get with albums like that. Yeah. So one is Brad, uh in mm-hmm. the moment that you're born, so we get a final Brad album which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I didn't realize they had uh, had been working on a record before in Sean Smith had passed. So uh you know, I think it's really strong. I'm still kind of absorbing it. It's got some different sounds on it, but it's also got some things that sound like Brad. But it's just nice to have another record in that catalog. Look at me for a minute The second one is the Gord Downey and Bob Rock record, which, yeah, Lester Parfait, which, you know, I'm kind of a casual, tragically hip fan. There's some stuff I like, other stuff I don't get. I don't know why, but this album just it hit me hard. Uh, I think it's really, really good. I think there's something unexpectedly um, that, that works really well between Bob Rock and him. Uh, you get this his lyrics, which are always super clever and insightful and thought provoking. And vocals are really strong on the record, but then you get this production that is fun. Sometimes can be like very dramatic and big. It's got some rockers on it. It's got some different instruments, horns and things on it that are cool. I don't know. I just really enjoyed that record a lot more than I ever thought. And, uh, was pleasantly surprised. I did not know what we were going to get into with the collaboration between those two artists. And yeah. uh, and they apparently were working on it for a long time, like mm-hmm. yeah. several yeah. years before he had passed. And it was it's nice to see that he got it over the finish line and it got it released.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, up here, I mean, obviously with Canada, I mean, everyone loves the hip and, and that. But I always find like, you've got these big hip fans that, yeah, still get the solo albums and everything i mean like hey I, i'm guilty of that with all my stuff as well and and that but I, I find like his solo stuff tends to fly a lot under the radar up here mm-hmm. and that i mean like his first solo album like in 2000 2001 okay yeah it got some promotion because it's like hey it's Donning's first solo album blah 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 but then afterwards it's the, the others have kind of fly flown under the radar but i mean they there's some solid stuff. I mean, like Gord Downey was a very well read man and his Mm -hmm. lyrics reflect that.
1: Mm -hmm. I've actually, um, like you, I, I mean, I picked up Coke machine glow. That's the first solo album when it came out and it's very different than the hip. I mean, there's like spoken word stuff and there's, it's, it's very experimental in parts. Um, since his passing, I have struggled just emotionally because I was such a big hip fan that like when I listen to the solo albums that have been released and the and the bonus material, I just get like sad, like listening to the stuff. Same thing with the Brad album, like I was listening to it mm-hmm. and I was just like, it's just making me feel sad that he's not here anymore. Um, and I've really enjoyed those records, but it, I, I do find them harder to go back to because I'm just mm-hmm. like in still in that space. Which I don't I don't feel that way with every artist like I, I enjoy listening to Prince and I enjoy listening to David Bowie and stuff like that. But I definitely felt like Brad and Sean Smith and, and the Tragic Hip were sort of like my favorite bands They were like stuff that I discovered in college and really made an impact on me. And um, so I probably haven't spent as much time with them just because I find it hard to do it. Do you have other stuff? That you've been yeah. enjoying, Jay, or do you want to uh, save? Yeah, that? I'll, I'll
0: hit on two. I'll hit on two more. One, okay, is a new discovery. Uh, thanks to our awesome community on Discord. Um, I think Rich might have been a fan of this band, but Crownlands. I kept seeing them come up. I listened to some of the previous records, but they put out a record called Fearless that just blew my mind. Um, it's definitely got some like early '80s Rush sounds going on. Mm -hmm. uh which i connected with initially but it's a duo it's really it's it's interesting in that like it's a bit progressive it's epic it's got a toe in the past but also like i think something about it still sounds very modern i just love also it's doing that rush thing when the early 80s when they were using a lot of like synth for the bass Mm -hmm. Um, yep. So I think because it's a 2 2 piece, they're playing a lot of the bass, like using the foot pedal synth, which just oh, has yeah. an aw- awesome sound. Um, so that's been probably the most listened to record for me this entire year. Like it's just my go-to when I need to like get some work done and like get the energy up. And then the last one I'll mention is it's a bit of a rediscovery. So the replacements we had reviewed Tim for the '80s bonus is what year, year two years ago mm-hmm. and I kind of reconnected with that band and and uh, appreciated it but now these mixes that just came out with uh, Ed Stacy doing the remix of let it uh, Tim called let it bleed edition just mind-blowing how much better that sounds it's like a it's it's like a revelation uh, that album just has a whole new life for me um, and I can't stop listening to to those mixes so um uh, just a really cool like very rarely do i hear like a remix or remaster that is that impactful mm-hmm. but there's just uh they're just done right and I, I so look forward to more artists that maybe have some material that's a little subpar in terms of the the, the mixer master um going back to the originals and, and seeing if they can't take another pass at it and get it get a good mix out of it because it It just makes a huge difference so those are the last ones i'm i'm thankful for
3: brownlands is one of the 70 bands i've interviewed this year (laughs) and and i do remember when i was talking i talked to kevin who's the non-drummer uh bass player pedal guy and i'd have to go back and read what he said exactly but i remember asking how he can pull that off live and if they ever think they're gonna have to add band members to maybe fully flesh out the sound and he said And this is coming from someone who doesn't play an instrument. He said what he plays is relatively, in his mind, simple because he's got his foot pedals going on. He's got the bass going on. He's doing so many things at once that he said he can't get too complicated. But just when you mix all those sounds together, it sounds complicated. But he said it's it's really, for him, it's not as complicated as if he were just concentrating just on playing one instrument. I would love to see him live, too. And I know that. Yeah. I know that. uh, I definitely want to see them live. He said the touring right now is for, for them at the size they're at is a little bit challenging because of the cost of it. Um, but they they were hoping to, to make it to the U S this year when I talked to them, but I don't think they have. But, yeah, but even, I uh, oh, sorry, go I, I was going to
2: say a band like rush uh, they said, even though, yeah, they've got very complex and layered parts. I mean, they always made sure, yes, this is something we can play live and that and, we can use technology and make sure that yes, we can pull off all these different parts. It wasn't like we have to make it overly complex just because we're that professional musicians. It's like, no, we got to make sure we can play it. And that's the mentality that they're keeping.
3: And, and the balls on those guys to open an album with like a 15 minute multi-part epic song. It's just like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's like who does that? Right. But it is, it is awesome. It's so well
2: rushed did in 76 with 2112. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's the
0: band that I I check their page every now and then just to see if they maybe are gonna tour the States. And I'm I'm a little bit uh shocked that like say a Greta Van Fleet or somebody like that doesn't take them out on tour because um they would be a great match. They're like in that vein, but also a little bit different. Um
3: and I think they have they have toured before uh together. yeah. Yeah. Oh cool.
1: Oh wow. Well, I've got a couple that I have been enjoying and I brought uh, visual aids along. So, I have really enjoyed, can you see the highs. So much that I actually bought the record. This was like the the breath of fresh air, 3 minutes of punch your f- in the face rock and roll. I love hearing this band blasting through my car stereo speakers as I'm driving down the road. Like just a lot of fun. Um, I've gotten my daughter into them, which is fun because the songs are are deceptively simple. So like you'll hear a song go, okay, this is just like three chords. and But then you listen to how they layer things, how they take instruments in and out. There's a song. It's not one of the best songs on here, but it's called um, Rigor Mortis Radio. <laughs> and it's fairly simple. It's got this clap beat to it like boom, boom. And you're like, okay, that's, you know, whatever. And then you listen to the song a couple times, you go, oh, wait a minute. They changed the key after every progression. I mean, after every section. So like they play the first verse and chorus, then they change the key. Then they play the second verse, of chorus, then they change the key and they get to the third one. I'm like most fans wouldn't do that. Most fans would just play it straight through and, you know, it would be his, I also had a much greater appreciation for his lyrics on this, they're deceptively um, short and, and not that um, – uh, you just they sound not that complicated. But when you actually uh, – the one thing I've enjoyed listening, um, I started using Amazon Music this year because it streams better in my car than Spotify. I don't have to listen to the commercials because we have an Amazon Prime account. And it shows you the lyrics. So I've been actually like looking at the lyrics, which I rarely do anymore when I was listening to it. And there are like like one of the songs is like a very political song, um, Countdown to Shutdown, where it's like talking about going after the elites. And uh, I was like, Oh, I didn't didn't expect that out of you, Howlin' Pete. That's pretty cool. So I have loved listening to this record. It's on almost every day in my car because I have it as part of the playlist.
3: I'll say real quick, uh, a the common friend amongst Tim J and I maybe partially how we met Robert Duffy of done waiting is now living in New York. And he recently sent a message. Said the hives put on one of the most fun shows I've seen all year. I would make it a priority to see them. So they're, apparently they're they- on
1: my bucket list.
3: Yes. To go see live. Uh, they pull it off live as well.
1: Um, another one, which just came in, it was just released, uh, but I pre-ordered the album as soon as they announced it. Um, is the drop 19s album right here. Uh, hard light, which again, because of the background, you mm. can't really see it that well. But uh, this is a shoegaze dream pop album, however you want to um, categorize it, and it is just a. It's as the kids say, it's a vibe. Like you put this nice. on, put on the headphones, and it just envelops you in these big chorused guitars and 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 reverb and delay and. It's just a great throwback. Same with that Slow Dive record that came out this year, which was really good. I actually kind of like this little one a little bit better because the bass lines are really good on this record, which I was not expecting. But there's some really groovy bass lines on this album. And one of the tracks, The Price Was High, um, I I think the bass player sings it, which I don't know her name, but she has a great voice um uh, chip you're nodding your head i don't know if you've heard the record or not no i
3: that's an album that i have like queued up that i have not listened to i've never listened to them at all and i think in my mind i have one picture of the 90s drop 19s yes they put out two I'm,
1: albums in the 90s yeah
3: like i have this picture of what i'm thinking they are but everything i keep hearing and reading is not at all what i think they are so i think <laughs> i really need to dive in to that band a lot because uh, you are one of so many people that I either know personally or follow on social media that have been saying great things about that record. And so that is going to shoot to the top of my list as soon as we're done here tonight.
1: Excellent. I'm I'm glad because I, I hope more people will hear this record because I know there's such like a, you know, obscure band, even amongst the shoegaze band, they're an obscure band. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a record that totally caught me by surprise because it's not their first album um, is Mutoid Man which as soon as I listened to this record, I sent it to Jay. I was like, dude, this is crazy. You got to listen to this. Uh, it is Steven Brodsky from cave in. And he's done a bunch of other stuff. Worked in Con- he was in converge. And um, I had never risen to mutoid man, even though we had Steven Brodsky on years ago. And he was talking about the band. And then this record came up and I was like, I think I'm going to check it out for the box. It is so much fun. It is, it is crazy. His guitar playing and singing is wild. And what's, I think what I love about it is he has such a great ear for melody, but he is such an insane guitar player that he's able to meld those two. So there are songs there. There is a song on here that's called um, I want to graveyard love. That sounds like Eddie Van Halen playing in a hardcore band. (laughs) Like, I don't know how else to describe it because it's like a hardcore song but with these shredding guitar solos and this boogie beat from like 1970s Van Halen. wrap my brain around it but i just love listening to it because it's so energetic and so um out of the blue that i was not expecting it on the opposite end of mutoid man and this was about that did not put out a record this year but they are from the 90s up into up in, and they're still currently together this one i discovered because of a discord a different discord not our discord actually they're called Bowrin and Der Club of Gore. Now with that name, what what might you think they sound like? Any any guesses? borin and Der Club of Gore.
3: I know what it is because you posted it and I listened to it and it oh, immediately went and tried to find uh, uh I, that's another thing I'm thankful for is cheap vinyl. And I tried to find a cheap vinyl copy and I couldn't find a cheap vinyl, mm-hmm. but um I'm definitely gonna that, I know what it is, and it is such a great record, but I'm going to step out at this point.
1: It is a it is a bunch of guys who used to be in death metal bands in the right. 90s. That was my guess. And right. then they formed a jazz trio that plays what they call noir jazz. It sounds now, like a James like,
3: Bond soundtrack. It sounds mm.
1: like James Bond meets Twin Peaks. It's like slow... Saxophone, tinkling pianos, a tap on the hi hat, little bass lines, and it sounds like 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 Humphrey Bogart's gonna walk in and tip his fedora while he's smoking a cigarette and and you know drink a whiskey at the bar. Like it is the coolest music.
3: It's really good.
1: I've heard, and it's so minimalistic. It is the complete opposite of Mutoid Man on the spectrum of music which is a million notes per second and this is like one note per minute <laughs> it's it's great um i've never heard anything like it i want to look into more artists who are like them
2: it's almost like uh angelo uh battle Amante, uh, yes, he did the Twin very... Peaks soundtrack and other stuff and someone uh, i believe he passed away
1: this year he did he did pass away um so yeah that was when i was not expecting at all to enjoy and i was very pleasantly surprised that i i liked it because it was just like completely out of the blue it was brought up in a writing discord of people what this people listen to when they're writing and i was like oh well i listen to like trent Reznor's instrumental stuff and and that kind of things when i'm writing and they're like oh well check this one out and i was like what this is amazing um Obviously, I reviewed Did a you lot. Buy, of,
3: it? Did you buy it? Did I you haven't bought it, it
1: yet. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I put it in my wish list. On, you know, you can create like a want list on, Discord, on, on Discogs. So I, I put all the records in there. But I've just been listening to it on streaming. Um, I obviously would mention the Depeche Mode album. That's quite good. <laughs> uh, the one I was not expecting to like, which we reviewed the album for the podcast, or not the album, but the band, which is Sam I Am. Their album, Stowaway, that came out earlier this year is really good. It's melodic punk. I, I don't want to say like pop punk, but I mean, it gets close to that. They're a little bit edgier than that. But just like every song is got a, a really good hook, blazing guitars. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. And I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, uh, The Lords of Altamont to hell with tomorrow the lords are now uh it's a live album and it made me go and buy one of their studio albums i went to use kids here in columbus they didn't have the live album so i just bought like some of the st- the songs that were on the live album on one of the studio albums very throwback to like early 2000s action rock um helicopters backyard babies lucifer you know that kind of thing that sort of uh, you know, garage rock sounding, uh, s- stuff that I used to love that's uh, not as prevalent anymore. So I, I really enjoyed that record. I, re- then, I reviewed
3: one of the. I reviewed one of the records, and with an you 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 nailed it a hundred percent. But with a name like that, I was really hoping for like a sixties mm-hmm. biker rock sound, and it was it was a little bit. It, I mean, it's really good. It. Like you described, action rock is perfect, but I was really hoping for like a handlebar mustache and 60s, <laughs> 60s, 70s motorcycle rock. And it, it's not quite that. You a more Steppenwolf? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. It, it yeah, it's a little more action rock than than 60s, uh, yeah, Steppenwolf. Um, I do want to mention that we got some comments, which I'm gonna pull them up uh now for people that uh, we're not going to be able to make it. I believe, like for example, Rich was not going to be able to make it mm-hmm. to this episode. So Rich left a comment, and he said, "Just in case I can't be there, I'm still very much thankful for what you guys continue to do every week. I'm proud of this community we have built, and it really makes a difference in my life every day." While you go and get a barf bag, <laughs> I don't know what to. I will give you a list of <laughs> albums I am thankful for in 2023. You listed Alan Appley's Everything, which is a really good record. I I did buy that one. Interviewed, um, yes, you did. You I you tell me who you did interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Ann Wilson and Trip Sitter, Another Door.
3: I I requested an interview, but she's doing very limited press, and I did gotcha. not get that one. That's, a, that's an excellent mm-hmm. record.
1: Um, Crownlands Fearless, which you mentioned you already. Uh, Houston, the biggest shove in space.
3: I was supposed to, and then two of the guys got COVID, and I actually need to follow back up because we, we had dates and times set and then they had to cancel because they were they had COVID. It was right around when the album came out. They were supposed to do a release party show or maybe something at a record store and they had to cancel that. And I need to circle back around with that. So that one will be coming. So yes.
1: Um Rival Suns Dark Fighter Lightbringer.
3: Which it's two re- two records. Yeah, two different
1: records. Um yep. I never really listened to Rival Sons before this year, but when Dark Fighter came out, I heard the single, Nobody Wants to Die. And I was like, oh, I get this band now. And I have been playing it so much in the car that my daughter had me add it to her playlist. And when we were driving to dance tonight, she has dance dance, um, rehearsals on Friday night. She was singing along in the car to that song. So I I didn't read them. Yeah, there you go. Um, Spotlights, Alchemy for the Dead. I don't know I sh- Spotlights, but there was a band that one of the guys from Spotlights and one of the guys from Molly Maguire, sisters, and their album was called Lead Cheater. I really like that album. Uh, that came out this year.
3: I'm I'm missing Spotlights to do this tonight. Oh, but I did I did see them earlier this year, and mm-hmm. after the show, Vadim uh, actually knows the drummer, and so I we took a selfie and we sent it to him and. Um, just to be like, hey, look, I'm with your friend. Okay. Um, and I did talk. To, I did talk to them that night, and we were all set to do an interview. Um, it just never happened. But they were on my list, and they agreed to do it. We just haven't haven't done it.
1: Um, he listed Steve Lukather's album Bridges. Steve Lukather is from the band what? Toto. Toto. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I, I blanked on that.
3: Oh, I thought you. That's I thought awesome. this was. A, I thought this was trivia. Uh, <laughs> no, I, not- I just. forgot. <laughs> I have he not played interviewed. on uh, a
0: lot of Michael Jackson stuff too. Like, he's a big time. Yeah. Session. Did,
3: did you? I don't know, Tim. I was gonna say the Columbus guys, but it's only Jay's not a Columbus guy anymore. Tim, did you see that they're playing at Marshawn Auditorium? No, yeah, Oof. it just got announced. Yeah, hmm. I saw him play with Bringo Starr there last month.
1: Oh, interesting. Um, Steve Wilson, the Harmony Codex. What band is Steve Wilson in? Porcupine uh, tree there you go uh train dodge the alley parade i did like that record quite a bit train dodge is a i believe a KC area band like amongst oh, so. all those post-hardcore bands that we all like now KC or oklahoma maybe or maybe it's oklahoma maybe they were on the same label they, were in, some of those they were in that same yeah same uh and then vast robot armies the what gallery uh that's like a a band that has members in multiple cities and they record separately and they've had different, mm-hmm. I think Kelly Scott was on the last album. And then on this album, I think they had Jason Gerken. Um So those were his picks, all great picks. I also want to say, I really enjoyed um, Rob Harvilla's book. I had never listened to his podcast until we decided to do the interview. And then I started listening to the podcast. I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I read the book and it was a fun read. Uh, it's called 60 songs that explain the nineties. That's both the name of the book and the podcast. That was quite enjoyable. Um, I'm trying to think if I, I didn't really see anything I, in previous years. There had been like documentaries, like the, uh, like the Woodstock documentary that was really good, Woodstock '99, and then. Um, so I you didn't, didn't watch
2: to... the Taylor Swift one on Netflix right
1: now, eh? No, my wife uh, did go to the Eras tour uh, live concert, or you know, concert film oh. with my daughter, and um, they very
3: much enjoyed that. How about was, was, was Daisy Jones this year? That was,
0: I didn't watch that though. Did you, was it good?
3: Oh, I, I loved it. it, it okay. It's a, it's a throwback to the 60s, 70s stuff. And it's very, I mean, all intents and purposes, it's like a Fleetwood Mac story, uh, but the music, the music is really, I thought the music was really good and it it totally nails that time period.
0: Right.
1: All right, we have also, uh, we have Kyle Bittner's list, but he's got a list of his favorite albums of the year. Some of these have been mentioned. Some of these have not. He brought up Hotline TNT's Cartwheel. That's been a big discussion topic on the message board on the Discord recently. Jay, have you checked them out?
0: I haven't. What, do you know what the sound is?
1: Well, with a name like Hotline TNT, I got to imagine there's some rock and roll there. <laughs>
0: If not, it can also be ironic.
1: That's true. Um, King Nuns album Lamb. Again, I have not checked them out. The Nationals National released two albums this year. First two pages of Frankenstein and Laugh Track. And I believe Laugh Track just came out recently. A band that we are going to be covering on the podcast soon. Spoiler alert. Okay. Sugarwah. Sugar raw. Sugar Roy. I don't know how to pronounce Sh- that was Shugur, Sugar Roast. Sugar Roast. We want
0: to figure that out for the episode.
1: You know, it's funny. I can pronounce OCU Minura but I can't pronounce. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's still can, in my I, head. I, can, I
0: mean, I can rattle off Jeremiah Usu Morakora like that. It, but...
1: Exactly. Uh, he also mentioned The Price of Progress by the Hold Steady. Uh, that's, that's probably, um, in terms of Hold Steady albums, the one that I've enjoyed the most in the last 10 years stay positive is still my favorite old study album but
0: uh, yeah i've been listening to that there's some songs that know like there's some other stuff that's a little
1: slow for me but mm-hmm. uh
0: didn't they do some like an ep leading up to that or some singles that were pretty they, good they did a
1: bunch of singles uh yeah. leading up to that yeah um wednesday and their album rat saw god i, I have not checked that out maybe i wonder if they're touring with thursday
0: <laughs> we can only hope i kind of like that album title though
1: rat saga <laughs> uh, obituaries album dying of everything i believe that is a pop album i think yeah. that's there's going to be dying of everything taylor's version coming out soon. It's, it's a bop it's a bop the album heavy heavy by young fathers kyle i think you're listening to some some of the rock and roll music that gets a little loud that's what i'm guess- guessing from these um <laughs> Heavy, heavy. Uh, The album Envelitration by Sand Rider. I don't even know if that's the right way to pronounce that. Envelitration. That's not even a real word, is it? Is that just something they made up? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Moment of Clarity by Narrowhead. Foregone by In Flames. Here We Are uh, by the Foo Fighters. The album... The post uh, passing of Taylor Hawkins album by the Foo Fighters, which I was kind of mixed on that. There were some songs I thought were interesting. They took some chances on like a couple tracks. And then some of it was very 2000s Foo Fighters that I kind of felt yeah. were lacking. Um, Rivers of Heresy by Empire State Bastards. The Perfume of Decay by Tiger Cub. I hope Tiger Cub someday tours with Tigers of Pang Tang. We get the We've Tigers and t- Tiger. Tiger's jaw, too. Yeah. Uh, the Spotlights album, which he did not list the title of, but that was also mentioned in um, Rich's list. Destroyer by Mags. Free reign to Passions by The Dirty Nil. The Ballad of Darren by Blur. Moon Is by Heavy Blanket. Mutants by Mutoid Man, which I mentioned, I really enjoyed that record. Uh, In Times New Roman by Queens of the Stone Age.
0: Hell Mode. I, think, I did not even, I've never even you haven't listened to that one. To listen have listened to that Queens album, which is amazing because I used to love that band.
1: Yeah. I've kind I of can't lost say it. if
0: it's good or bad. I'm just sort of like, I don't know,
3: apathetic towards that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a point. Um, Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock. The uh, new Slow Dive album, which I don't have the title of that one. Um, the Enduring Spirit by Tomb Mold. That's got to be metal. Tomb Mold? If you're talking about the mold in a tomb, <laughs> that's got to be metal.
0: Or it could be like mold, you know, like the the stuff that grows.
1: Right. Well, either way, it's not good for the tomb. And, you're either and-
0: casting more molds for manufacturing purposes or it's... <laughs> oh, so, well, it's growing mold on
1: it. That's yeah, there's a yeah. Um, end by explosions in the sky, which I haven't checked that out yet. I do like explosions in the sky, but I need to check out that record. Um, I need to mention I didn't met- mention it during my wrap up because it just came out yesterday. But I am unironically enjoying the Andre 3000 flute album, uh, New Blue Sun. Um, it's very like world music, new age. Minimalist jazz, ambiance. Wow, you're,
0: you're really selling it.
1: Well, I like to listen to that kind of stuff when I fall asleep. Okay. Um, and this is definitely a good fall asleep album, especially if you have some ayahuasca nearby. Um, I I I mean it's it's a great, very mellow. I played it. <laughs> this is it, it does not work as a Saturday morning making breakfast album, which my wife and daughter told me. Uh, as they told me to turn it off. <laughs> um, I did find it funny that he gave an interview to like Uproxx or something, Andre 3000 that is, and asked about like why he did an instrumental album instead of releasing, you know, a new hip hop album or a rap album. And he's like, man, I just, I don't have anything to say. I'm 49 years old. Um, I, You know, what am I going to do? Rap about my colonoscopy that I went to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of respect that. Like, he's not trying to present himself as this young guy who's still... Like, you're almost 50 years old. Like, let the kids take over for that.
0: Not trying to reinvent himself. And, like... I mean, not that that's bad, but, like, in a way that's just cliched.
1: Right. (laughs) Like... I wish... um, Not that I want all artists to make instrumental... 87-minute long instrumental flute albums. Um, I do want to share, Jay... I don't I'm sure you have not listened to the album, nor have you read any of the album titles or or song titles, but they are fantastic. So I'm going to read each one and I just want you to react to the title of each song. Song one. This is the title. I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. It's 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Why? Okay. Song two, the slang word "pussy" rolls off the tongue with far better ease than the proper word "vagina." Do you agree? Oh my God, thirteen minutes and fifty seconds. Track three, the night in Hawaii when I turned into a panther and started making these low register purring tones that I couldn't control. Shit was wild. So
0: this is the like, basically the lyrics. It no, there are no. I mean, out.
1: there are no lyrics, but yes. But I mean, that's... this is playing the role of like. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say that he did take ayahuasca in Hawaii, and that's what led to making that song. Uh, that's 10 minutes and 29 seconds. <laughs> song four Bi Polo Disorders Daughter Wears a 3000 button down embroidered.
0: Okay. How's that story on?
1: I don't know. Uh, it's also, it includes a registered mark after the 3000. So I'm guessing that he's saying that there's a button down embroidered three, Andre 3000, like official. Uh, sweatshirt or, or sweater that you can buy.
0: Oh, so now he's doing merch. Merch drops, Merge, uh,
1: mentions. here, 13 minutes and 5 seconds on that track. Um, 93 till Infinity and Beyonce. Three minutes. That's only 3 minutes and 49 seconds. That's what you call an interlude. Right. Track 6, Gandhi, Dalai Lama, Your Lord and Savior, Savior JC, Slash, Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer and Jane Wayne John Wayne Gacy. Oh my gosh. 10 minutes and 15 seconds.
0: It's a heavy one.
1: I love the last two album ty- or, or song titles. Track 7. Ants to you. Gods to who? Think about it. Ants
0: to you. Gods
1: to who? So so we are we are yeah looking at ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they look at us like we're gods, but who, yeah. who looked? At, yeah, there you go. Right, Again, you have it. to take ayahuasca to make that make sense. I mean, Six I, minutes. I kind of got what
0: he was trying to say, but I was just struggling with a bit of the language there to get mm-hmm. to make sure
1: I understood it. And this last one sounds like the short, a short story written um, by a science fiction or fantasy author. Dreams once buried beneath the dungeon floor slowly sprout into undying gardens. 17 minutes and 11 seconds
0: it sounds like uh start of a dun- uh, dungeons and dragons game it
1: does uh total length is 87 minutes and 41 seconds Andre 3000 is credited with pedal steel guitar contra bass and flute I don't even know what a contra I know a contra is the game uh I guess it's a very low pitch it's actually not a specific instrument it's a one of several musical instruments which can be a very low pitch generally one octave before bass register instruments and it commonly refers to a double bass which is uh, a bass instrument in the orchestra string family tuned lower than the cello i learned so much um by listening to this album All Are these too. all instruments
0: he knew how to play before the record?
1: Well, here's the crazy thing, Jay. Since the last Outcast album, which came out over like 15 years ago, he has been like appearing on as a guest, you know, on, on various albums, you know, dropping a verse in an in album here or there. But he has been spotted around the United States, just like walking through New York City playing a flute. Just like ja- just totally jamming to himself and like taking pictures with people saying hi. He'll be in L.A. He'll be in some random small town. He just walks around with a flute, just constantly playing a flute. He became obsessed kind of like with the flute.
0: Bill Murray. And doesn't he do that with golf or party yeah. or something?
1: So um he said he doesn't know any notes. He doesn't know any scales or anything. He has just learned completely by ear and he just plays. And he got together with a number of musicians, including, like, I mean, they're not like nobodies, like Carlos Nino, who is a um, composer, programmer, arranger. He's done uh, lots of different projects, uh, primarily in the, like, jazz, and, um, but also, like, hip-hop and stuff like that, DJing. He's playing... Bells, chimes, cymbals, drums, gong, and percussion. He's got uh D'Antonio Parks, who's an avant garde uh musician playing drums. Uh, a guy named Matthew David, uh, he's playing, he's doing percussion. There's apparently vocals on this record, and I don't know where they are. Um. <laughs> uh, and then there's a number of other people maybe on you have here. fallen
0: asleep before the vocals come in
1: right um surya boto fascina on keyboards and synthesizers nate Merceau mercero on guitar and synthesizers diego Gaita on keyboard synthesizers and piano but he said they would basically get in a room and just start playing and just if it went if it felt good they kept the recording and just kind of did that. Just jamming on ayahuasca, probably.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, More power I got to respect,
0: like, knowing where you are in life and you doing you.
1: It is a, you know, it's a big leap, obviously, to think that you have this career and I am going to completely... Not even 180. I mean, 180 is is probably the right term, but it's more than a 180, but it's not 360. It's just completely insane that he would do, excuse me, do this, but also that Epic Records put it out as a triple vinyl album.
0: That's even more insane.
1: How? How is that possible? he's got a good deal
0: that they got to put out whatever he hands them.
1: I guess you got to imagine <laughs> that the execs turned it on and they're just, they're just crestfallen. They're like this is not what we thought when we were getting the new Andre 3000 album.
0: <laughs> this puts some of those Neil Young records to uh I mean, shame.
1: yeah, this is going to be mentioned with like the insane albums by Neil Young and Lou Reed. Yep. And and those sorts of artists. Like if this is going to be up there. Although this is actually listenable. I mean, it's not just white noise for 40 minutes like Right. It's crafted New age spiritual contemporary jazz ambient music. <laughs> so on that note, was there anything I you mentioned this um earlier, Ian? Anything that didn't like maybe live up? Like for me, I'm kind of I think I'm losing my Wilco love. Mm. I always like a couple songs on the records, but like there's just so much wishy-washy kind of middle of the road stuff that their album Cousin this year, I ended up giving it a better EP because it just like didn't hit me the way that anything has in the last couple years. Like I ended up liking, you know, the new Prong album more than I liked the new Wilco album, which I did not ex- expect to like Prong <laughs> More than Wilco. Right. If you told if you told twenty five year old Tim, he'd be more into Prong than Wilco. He'd mm-hmm. uh, he'd probably look at you weird. Uh, but to say it was like there was a Candlebox album that came out this year, and I tend to like always give Candlebox a listen and be like, oh yeah, there's some good stuff on here. This one kind of didn't catch my ear as well. Same with Filter. That one yeah. didn't really stick that with me didn't... that much.
2: Yeah, I didn't care for that one, but I've uh, it's no secret amongst the community that i'm not a big
1: filter fan got it um yeah i'm trying to i'm, I'm looking back through yeah. uh some of the reviews this year i ended up liking a lot of like old metal like raven put mm. out a new album this year that i liked um girl school put out a new record that i dug uh who else was there? There was there was a couple of them where I, I was like shocked to be enjoying this like old school, either like thrash metal or um or just straight up hard rock metal. I even liked uh there was a band called Camelot. It's spelled with a, a K. Like they're very like orchestral power metal. It was just fun. Like yeah. I think I'm I'm starting to enjoy stuff that's has like a very scent, a good sense of who they are, and they're not afraid to be that, and just go all in on their sound. Like even In Flames, like I didn't. It's like a Swedish heavy metal heavy metal band yeah. I have never really listened to. And I was like, this is kind of fun.
3: There, there's there's an In Flames record that is terrible that I can't remember what it is. It came out in earlier two thousand. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, at least I, I, I know remember- what fun you're talking
2: about. I can't remember.
3: At least i remember i wrote a review and you know i'm often the king of um overhype where i'll say like this is the best record i've ever heard and then totally forget about it like two weeks later (laughs) this record was come clarity in 2006 and a review i wrote i said this is the best metal record since pantera's vulgar display of power I, I, I'm sure if I listen to it now, I'll remember it, but I, I don't remember at all what it sounds like. But it really hit me at that time. It's like, this is just really solid. This is like a really, really good metal record. But I haven't listened to him since then.
1: I was also disappointed by, I mean, this shouldn't be surprising, but the new Metallic album, like, just too long 77 yeah. minutes. Like, dude, just oh, yeah. make a record. Just make, <laughs> just pretend like you're making Kill 'em All again. I totally thought
3: that, that was going to be my my driving around this summer with the windows down, rock being 16 year old record. And I think I've listened to it twice.
1: Mm-hmm. They yeah. just can't avoid the bloat.
2: Yeah. And, and on that note, was bloat, that was the one that immediately came to mind for me was U2's Songs of Surrender, which I re- took the bullet and reviewed for you, you guys. And oh, <laughs> like, I mean, they had all this time to pandemic, and it's like, Plus they have the the show going on at the Spear in Las Vegas. I'm like, this is the best you can come up with. I mean, like, I don't know, like it should have just stuck like a single disc for their fan club releases each year. And that like, it, uh, I don't know what they were, were thinking. I mean, it's, but I mean, it's par for the course for you two over the past 20
1: years where they enjoy the smell of their own farts. <laughs> hey, but they got the spear. They're they're in the big spear and yeah. doing amazing shows. And yeah, which
2: lost money, but uh, I, I I don't know if that's counting their their shows because they've been under construction for most of the year. I mean, when I was on a board for um in, in my city for uh, uh, the the War Sports Center went was under construction. I mean, our first year we had a loss because of all the construction. We weren't getting a profit. I don't know if people are just saying, oh, they lost money, oh. U2's not living up to hype or whatever, but yeah. I'm like, no, it's, if it's their fiscal year, like they were under construction and not to mention the delays and that, like, it's not surprising to
1: me at all. And that, but people don't realize that. <laughs> Jay, anything that maybe you thought was going to be a, a good record or well, you were excited for and you kind of went, uh,
0: yeah, I, nothing, nothing. Well, there was a lot of hype about amongst the hard rock fans and the discord about the new extreme album. Um, that first video came out and everybody got excited because of the guitar solo and the energy and the record came out and it's, I don't know. It just never connected with me. Like mm-hmm. I expected it to be, um, I could tell from the single that they were going to try to do something. It was going be a little bit more contemporary or like an attempt at doing something more contemporary. So there's like that, but then there's just a lot of ballads. It's just kind of a vanilla sounding album. It's a, it's a little disappointing. Uh, after all the Isn't hype. that
2: what extreme did though? Like 30 years ago is all those <laughs> power ballads almost.
0: <laughs> well, they had the one that was big, but uh, you know, they had some other stuff that was a little bit more, uh, adventurous than this but uh, yeah also the i'm a little thrown by I'm i'm a big rec fan and they keep doing like these eps that i i don't know i have a hard time getting into them i don't know if it's because of the format or the material or the combination of both but they put out another ep they've got another one coming out actually in a week um that a single's out for and um i'm not i love the last record the full record that came out maybe two years ago a year ago but these eps have just been not connecting with me either
1: interesting yeah i i kind of agree with you like i've i've liked maybe like one song off of each ep yeah and then they've the rest have sort of blended together and haven't been as as interesting
0: kind of hard just i find myself with bands that do uh just, uh, singles or EPs now, I find it hard to like keep track of it and listen t- to it. Like you can't just hit play on an album and let it go for an hour, you know, and either listen to it again or move on. It's like, you've got three songs and you got to go find another three songs or you got to find another single. Um, and I'm not going to take the energy to make a playlist. So right. That might be part
1: of it. Well, Anybody, I don't think Vadim's coming back. I think we lost Vadim no. to the to well, the to the darker waves festival.
2: Well, but, yeah. The the one last thing I have to say that I'm thankful for is uh th- this year was a big return of live music. I mean, I know it kind of started later in last year, but I mean th- this year. I mean, obviously, I've already commented about the uh, Pesh mode, but I mean, the Cure was was phenomenal and that um and the big one for me uh, aside from Depeche Mode which has consumed the other half of my music listening was uh, a skinny puppy for their final tour and like I'm definitely thankful for their career I mean I, I would hands down list them as probably the most influential band for the industrial genre and uh one thing that I saw years ago when uh a comment about them uh, when uh, they were going through uh, the top 101 industrial songs and it was for um, either Warlock or Assimilate. They were both in the top five and it said Skinny Puppy is probably the most beloved of underground bands out there. And yeah, you can see it. I mean, like the fans were just so happy. I mean, you, you think that, that, oh yeah, it's going to be a huge mosh pit or anything like, no, everyone's enjoying the the show because it is a show. <laughs> And that definitely performance art but um yeah uh, but no i mean it's been great for for live music and i still have a couple more things i left for the, the calendar uh the big one for me next would be uh Getty lee's uh book reading and nice uh, so uh paul rudd was the the guest interviewer in new york i don't know <laughs> it just started so i don't know if he's doing the whole tour i i I highly suspect that if he is not, that it'll most likely be Alex Lifeson for the Toronto date, since they both live in Toronto, and that. But I, nothing's ever guaranteed. Although I suspect that Alex will be on stage at some point. Chip, have that. you ever interviewed Getty Lee?
3: I have not, but you know, on this book tour, I this I'm I think maybe I'll put in a request. That might be the first no I get this year. Hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You don't take. Yes, Michael Scott I, said that.
3: I will. Oh, no, uh, you
2: forgot the Wayne Gretzky part.
3: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll, I'll echo Ian's statement though Like uh, live music, I've just you know uh, having having never seen Tom Petty and regretting it. And oh, yeah. you know, I'm starting to. You know, I saw Peter Gabriel this year, which I never thought I would see.
2: Oh, he's um, a great show as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely great. Um, Saw Stabbing Westward for the first time in 25 years. Um, And I mean, those are just two of the 30 or 40 shows that I've seen this year. Just amazing. One thing I wanted to mention that I'm thankful for is um, what I like to call old friends making new music. Uh, I I don't know if we talked about this last year on the Thankful episode, but Louise Post from Veruca Salt put out Mm -hmm. her first solo record. And if you're following along, she just announced a new EP with... um, uh, it's with a a couple that she met through their kids' school. Uh, they they are they ended up yeah. Louise and this other person whose name I apologize I don't remember um, were it, the school that their kids attended did not have a music teacher so the two of them volunteered to be the music teacher and then they yeah. became friends and they started talking about it and they are releasing an EP I think in probably early December I think it's four songs under the name Veils V E Y d-e-y-l-s uh they put one song out that's actually really good um and i think they're going to drop another single before the four song ep comes out but louise's solo record is great yeah. it and is then, really good yeah and then my, i, I my think you mentioned friend. this
2: story last year but i mean great that you've continued that yes they are actually releasing something because part of yeah. the first half of the story sounded familiar
3: yeah and then um this happened at the tail end of last year i read a uh uh I read one of those like where are they now kind of newspaper articles, written by a newspaper, and I think somewhere in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and I have a Google alert set up for Blind Melon, so anything that pops up with Blind Melon and Roger Stevens, the guitar player from Blind Melon, had they had interviewed him and like whatever happened to Roger Stevens and he became a lawyer and he's he's practicing law and he lives in in near Philadelphia, and so uh, and, and at the end of the article it said and he's working on a solo record, so I keep in contact with him occasionally. So I texted him. I said, hey, Rogers, solo album, what's this? 10 minutes later, two MP3s pop up in my text. And he's like, here's a couple songs. And then 20 minutes later, two more pop in. And he's, he's texting me songs and sending them to me. Uh, and he officially put it out. Early this year uh it's so he's quick to say that it's not a solo project it's with um it's called uh town and stevens town is nate town who is the quote-unquote new blind melon bass player he's been with the band now six seven years i think Um, but the two of them during covid were sending files back and forth and writing this record um it came out i want to say march there's no physical copy of it um rogers was Uh, streaming illiterate had no idea what to do and figured out how to get it on Spotify and Apple music. And so it's out there so you can stream it. Um, It's very, it's definitely got like a cool kind of seventies. It doesn't sound like blind melon, but you can tell that it's got, you know, it's roots in blind melon a little bit. It's, it's Roger said that he, he listened to a lot of steely Dan and wanted to make like a steely Dan sounding record. So, um, you know, again, like I, I think blind melon fans would be all over blind man Mel- blind Melon casual fans probably wouldn't understand it so much but um i listened to it a lot this year did he
1: record the same guitar solo a 100 times to get
3: it right no like like <laughs> well, maybe like he those is, guys I did know. i don't know he <laughs> he told he told me when i talked to him and it's funny uh i haven't asked i've have not asked him to send this to me but as a way just to he's never been a singer before um and and he wrote some of the songs in Blind Melon, but like this is really you know his chance to do this stuff. He said that he he just he he taught himself by playing a bunch of Steely Dan and like seventies classic rock songs. And I was joking. I'm like, I'd love to hear those. And he's he said, I'll send them to you. So he, I might get a whole collection of Roger Stevens covers. All right. But I, but I was happy that those albums popped up. And I'm sorry. I'm gonna. So I didn't do it at the beginning. I'm gonna name like three or four records that. Uh, That that I'm really thankful for this year. This band Fust, F-U-S-T. I saw a really cool write-up on Paste or Stereo Gum or maybe both of them. Kind of calling it kind of old country-ish. I checked it out. It reminded me a lot of Sunbolt. Kind of got that like that Americana stuff. It's a guy who is a he's a I think he's a professor or a a teacher or or something at a school in North Carolina that I'm also, also totally forgetting. Um. You know, in terms of like rock stars, he's he's like probably in his early 30s, so he's a little bit older. He's he knows that he can't really make a career out of this, but he this is the first record he's made. It's great if you like bands like Sunbolt. Um, Hello Mary, which I was turned on to from a tweet by Tanya Donnelly last year, and it's like Nirvana meets Hole, oh, meets the Breeders, meets Veruca Salt. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's three, three young women in new york two of which are still in college mm. uh it's just a great like grungy alt rock 90s sounding record that's that's probably my favorite record of the year and then two more i'll mention this band uh free range out of chicago um boy i don't know how to describe them quiet and slow with a pedal steel player so it's like indie rock with the pedal steel the singer is 19 years old and it's just that was a first listen just really kind of blew me away and then out of left field government mule another band that like i've never really spent a ton of time with i uh, got a advanced copy of their new album this year and was able to interview warren haynes and man that album is a great throwback classic 70s rock kind of sounding record and when i interviewed warren he said I grew up on that stuff. He's like, I love Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Black Sabbath, and you know, he he merged into the Southern Rocks up. So there's a little bit of Southern Rock sound, but it's got a really cool '70s sound. I saw him and Government Mule play at Express Live here in Columbus. Express Live, no, it's not Kemba Live. I think he's changed names on me. Where they did the Dark Side of the Mule, where they played basically Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, kind of in full, and then did some of their own songs. And man, they they, I'm never going to see Pink Floyd. And they, they nailed it. I mean, it was so good. Mm. So those, those are kind of the four things that really stick out to me. I, I interviewed Sarah from this band, Hello June, which has been talked about and, and discord quite a bit. That's kind of, maybe somebody talked about them. That's how I first discovered Hello June. And when I interviewed her, I kind of said that my, my, when people ask me what my favorite interview or my favorite album of the year is, it typically is whatever band I have interviewed most recently. Cause I tend to only interview bands that I like their music. And having interviewed seventy bands, I think my my year end list is going to be probably seventy albums long. Now, I just got to figure out how to rank them.
1: <laughs> Good luck.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: well. Yeah. But I um, guess the last thing I have to say we're thankful yes. for is obviously the Dig Me Out podcast. I mean, thirteen years. I mean, obviously, you're doing something right. For, we're all
1: still here. <laughs> I uh, I I wouldn't be here if people like you and Chip and rich and Vadim and everybody else who contributes didn't show up every week and, and hang out in the discord and really like I've kind of, I've kind of lost my interest in social media. So the majority of my time now is, is really spent hanging out in discords and ours primarily. So I might not post a ton, but I'm always like reading through and discovering music because of people. And a lot of the music that I discovered this year was because of, reading in the discord so it's a it's a nice little community that we've got going where we can you know share all this stuff and we'll we'll keep doing it we got another 13 years in us right jay after this yeah what
0: i mean what else do we got to do
1: exactly we're not retiring we it's already... not 90s ain't going anywhere exactly i know
0: it's not like we're going to review all the records or something.
1: Oh, we will. We're gonna get there. So, We're gonna make a it dead.
2: You gotta continue your uh, Diamond uh seller uh, series there. We'll try right. to do one next year. Yeah.
1: We gotta we gotta figure that out. Maybe we need to bring bring Rob back and do finally do the Hoodie and the Blowfish album with him. And and <laughs> <laughs> I feel like right. that could that could turn into a very dark episode. Do, um, you
3: to, do you want me to end this on a really um sad note?
1: Oh yeah, that sounds like a good <laughs> point. Go ahead. So I was interviewing—I
3: was interviewing—I don't know who it was, somebody this year—and we were talking about Phoebe Bridgers, and I said Phoebe Bridgers is at really at the start of her career, right? And she's got a couple records out, but she's really, in in terms of career length, very very young. Yeah. And I and I think I even mentioned to this person I interviewed about Dig Me Out how we review stuff and talk about stuff that is over thirty years old. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to—I'm—I'm I'm not going to live long enough to see Phoebe Bridgers. In 30 years from now oh wow sorry mm. sorry to end it on that note but <laughs> wow, all these bands do right? <laughs> i don't know, sure. God, I know what a downer.
2: Right? maybe in true music fashion we just keep digging out going like you said for another 13 years but if you add on 14 or a bit that'll be 27 you could join the 27 club
3: yes
1: <laughs> well Look at it this way. By that point, everything will probably be in the meta virtual world. So you'll be in a yeah. nursing home. You just strap on your AI goggles, yes. and the you'll yeah. you'll you meld into the interface web net, and yeah. uh, and Phoebe will be performing at a concert in in the virtual space, and yeah. uh, you can you you know, take your teeth out and stick them in the cup and relax yes
2: like a combination of the holodeck from star trek and the sh- axiom from up there you go or no from wally sorry not up but from wally yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yes. i want to know i was actually thinking about this the other day it, when you're in the holodeck are there is there physical things that you touch or is everything it, just a,
2: uh some things are replicated some things are just uh
1: force fields and Okay. That. Thank so you for answering that question. Co- combination. because it same. was it was really like I was gonna have to start googling things because I was confused. Yeah, no, like small
2: work. objects, like I pick up this glass here, like that would be something that's replicated, and that, but like because they had replicators, that makes sense. Yeah, but okay. touching the wall or or something, or or my desk here, for example, okay. that would be something that more likely. Be I was thinking shield. in terms
1: of nefarious things, like yeah. if I kill someone in the hollow deck, are they actually dead or? Oh, they're d-
2: safeties for that. Okay, you have to you have to disengage them, which happened every time they used. My it. <laughs> mind goes in
1: the, into the darkest corners yeah. of the of the psyche. Oh, uh,
2: you, you need to watch Lower Decks. Then they they take it for another dark place. <laughs> I've, I've heard I've heard it's
1: excellent. I need to check out Lower Decks.
2: Oh, definitely.
1: Um, Ian, Chip, Vadim, who had to step out. Let's wrap up our our give thanks episode. Thanks to everybody who contributed jay and i enjoy doing this every year like talking about all the new music that's come out um whether it's you know new age spiritual jazz or um shredding uh metal or anything in between we can all find something that we enjoyed and that's what matters so um if you would like to partake in a round table like this or vote in one of our polls Join us over at Patreon by going to digmeoutunion.com or dmounion.com. It's also where you can vote on our monthly tournaments. We we have a final up right now. Four records are in, one to win, and it'll be our next uh, poll episode. Those are suggested over at digmeoutpodcast.com. You drop them in our suggestion box, and they end up in those polls. It's also where you can sign up for the box newsletter. It is a Weekly newsletter of new releases of music, books, documentaries, TV shows, etc. Relevant to 80s, 90s, and aughts music. Plus two new reviews. Either by myself or submitted by our patrons each week. And then lastly, Apple Podcasts is where you go to leave positive feedback for the show. For Jay, I'm Tim We're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.